Hello, and welcome to the Govern This Podcast. This is a political podcast for non-political people, where we ask the simple and ignorant questions about our country and government and get them answered. In this episode, I welcome back Ryan Steele, and we talk about the basics of how voting works in British Columbia, Canada. I mean, they're not dumb questions. I haven't learned anything yet. All right, here we are again on the Govern This Podcast. This is the second episode, and I've got Ryan Steele with me again. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, today, we're going to talk about elections and voting. We're yes. going to get a, a good understanding, hopefully, of how things are run, and uh, then I can make an educated vote this coming May. Yes, that's right. In the provincial election. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we uh, just start off with an uh, overview of how the provincial elections work. Yeah, so it'll be the, the 41st uh, provincial, British Columbia provincial election coming up on May the 9th. Uh, and since uh, May of 2001, provincial uh, elections are on a fixed cycle. They happen on the second Tuesday in May in the fourth calendar year after the previous election. It's always, so you'd think being here a few years, I would know that it's coming up. <laughs> well, it's only every four years, right? So, you know, it's it's enough time to sort of forget about, you know, everything that, that happened the last time and how it all works. So, right. uh, so it's, it, yeah, it'll, it'll be a good refresher for everybody, I'm sure. Yeah. And just to jump around for a second. So provincial elections are every four years, but they're not at the same time as civic or federal elections. That's right. Yeah, the federal election actually happens uh, on the third Monday in October every four years. Okay. So, so they're, yeah, they, they happen at different times of the year. It's, so that's why I'm just like, uh, there's an election coming up sometime and I find out and, yeah. and have to figure out what's going on. <laughs> yep. Okay. So tell me about the, uh, how, the, how the voting, how the system works. Sure. So when you vote in the provincial election, you will be casting a ballot for to elect your MLA, the member of the Legislative Assembly. That okay. is your representative in Parliament. Uh, there are uh, in the, in this coming election, there will be eighty-seven MLAs that are elected around the province for, for you know one for each sort of uh, geographical. Area right, and that we talked about that last time about how every every kind of little section has an MLA elected. That's right. So like, but it's all they're geographical, but it has about the same amount of people in it. That's yeah. In, that's the, the riding. Yeah, they they try and sort of keep each one at the same population. So right. in the rural areas, they're ge geographically large, and in the urban areas, they are small. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, when when you go to vote, you'll be given a list of the, the candidates that are standing for election in your riding, and there will typically be one from each of the major parties. So in BC, that is the uh, Liberal, NDP, and Green Party. Uh, there's a number of other smaller parties as well. Okay. Uh, and then some... Um, candidates run independently, so they um, don't. They aren't, uh, you know, be part of a, a political party. They're they're just 
sort of running on their own. These are people who want to be MLAs. That's right. Do any of them ever win? Um, yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. And in fact, uh, in the current government, there is uh, one independent MLA, Vicki Huntington, who represents uh, Delta North constituency, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So it's hmm. it's not common, but it but it definitely happens. So an ind- independent, they don't have an associated party. That's right. They're just sort of running on their own. And so... Um, so they're just a, a, a good soul, a good person. <laughs> it, it, you know, as, as far as, um, you know, how, how that sort of changes things, it, it does sort of give them more freedom in terms of, you know, um, being able to kind of, you know, speak their mind and or oh. represent the interests of their constituents on, on the issues. Because if you are a an MLA that is a member of a political party, um, you are expected to just follow their guidelines and yeah, just sort of the, it, there's, you know, an important, an important uh, idea with political parties is the idea of cohesion, right? Every, right. Everybody's sort of working towards the same um, goals. And um, so, so it can mean that, you know, for, for some folks, even if it's not something that they personally believe in or think is right, if that's what the party has decided, then that's kind of what you have to go along with. So, so being an independent MLA, you are not sort of as bound by that. But then on the other side, too, you also don't have that uh, sort of same group of, of people, you know, bouncing ideas off of and, and sort of coming right. together. So, so I, I would expect it, it's probably lonely. Know, it, it, can, it is probably <laughs> tough being an independent MLA. But right. Hmm, that's really interesting, though. I didn't know that there, there, that, that existed. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, so when you go to vote, you'll um, you'll be choosing, you know, which of the the folks that are on the the ballot are you you want to represent you, and and your decision will probably come down to um, a combination between you know what you think of that particular individual, as far right. as you know what if you think they'll do a good job of rep- representing you, and you will probably also consider which political party you you know identify with, and probably be. Uh, tempted to sort of you know vote for whoever represents that party but if you don't happen to like your particular candidate well then you might think about voting for the candidate for one of the other parties that's where things get messy for me (laughs) i don't understand it um and i don't know if you want to get into now but it's like the strategic voting kind of thing like i i don't like if you don't like the person who's representing that party in that area yeah but you like that party it seems to me like you should just suck it up and go with the party because the person's just a person and they're going to have to kind of follow the things, but, but will they, <laughs> it's so confusing to me. Yeah. And it's, and it is sort of, you know, that the, the system that we have is, which um, we've talked a bit about, it's the, what's called the first past the post system. Right. And so you know, something that we might be talking about in a bit is strategic voting in terms of, you know, if you've, uh, you know, given the options of who to vote for, you you can, you know, in addition to sort of considering which candidate you like the best, you might also think about uh, if you do vote for the candidate that you like, but you suspect that other, you know, more people are going to vote for one of the other candidates that might skew your vote because you don't want to throw your vote away. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's get back to, I, I kind of derailed there, but let's get back to just how the system works because you were talking about first past the post. Yeah. And so let's get back to how the votes are counted and, and the MLAs. Okay, talk about that. Sure. So <laughs> so after the election, all of the votes are counted. And so in each riding, um, typ- typically there will be more than one poll. There will be, you know, in, in one area, there'll be a number of different locations where people go to vote. And so in each one, they have... Uh, we're people uh, that are called scrutineers. They are the ones sort of doing the, the counting of, of the votes. Um, and there's, you know, a number of people that are sort of watching as this is happening to make sure that there's no funny business going on. Right. And we um, still use paper. Yes, we do still use paper <laughs> and for, for good reason. Yeah. Um, and it is so. So once everything is counted, it's basically whichever candidate in that riding got the most votes, they they become the MLA. They are elected. So, so let's do an example. We did this uh, when we were just chatting once. So, if there's fifty, a hundred, a hundred people voting, yeah. And how did how did you put this before? Yeah, what we were we were talking about how you know the difference between the the candidates that get elected and the the party that gets elected, because in the oh. end, the the party that that be, that forms government is the one is the party that elected the most MLAs, but that doesn't okay. necessarily correlate with which party got the most votes. It correlates with which party elected the most MLAs. So the MLAs, it's just the most votes they get. That's right. Okay, but the party is the first past the post thing. Yeah. So so the. The, the way that um, that one particular political party f- ends up forming government is if that party, if they elect more MLAs than the next, than, than the other parties. Okay, so go back to, so the MLAs, each MLAs, they, they count the votes and whichever one gets, has the most votes, that MLA wins for that riding. That's right. Okay, and then, so then go on to how, Excuse me, the the premier is elected. the The leader of the party that gets elected becomes the premier. Becomes right, right, yeah. okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's based on how many MLAs. That's right. Okay, so where was the thing, the first so, past the post thing? So, so what we what we what we talked about was the idea that in there it could be the case that the party that forms government actually got less votes than right. than the other party and that just is because of the way that um government is elected because you can have a situation where you know if you say one of the constituencies the um the the MLA that wins only wins by a small margin uh and then in another constituency you know the MLA that wins wins by a landslide um, okay. but it doesn't it doesn't really matter you know how many whether, whether they win by a small margin or if they win by a landslide they they win they still win yeah so what, what we had talked about is the case mm. where you know say you've got um uh, let's see five five different ridings and in three of the ridings the um you know party a wins but only by 
a small margin. And then in the other two ridings, uh, Party B wins by a large margin. So it turns out that Party B actually got more individual votes than Party A. But, right, okay. But Party A forms government because they elected more MLAs than Party B. Which is so... And that is just... one of the, um, you know, there's there's a lot of people who believe that that is a, that is a flaw in our political system, that that, um, that a political party could be elected without having, you know, the majority of the the votes province-wide just right. by just by virtue of the fact that it had them elected the most mlas and that's kind of it's that sounds a little similar to what just happened in the states with the the college or something the electoral whatever exactly it is. yes no i don't really understand what that is but it, it sounds like it's the same sort of thing that's right yeah <clears throat> it is the only, okay. the only difference is the electoral college you're not actually sort of electing um your representative you're electing the elector you're 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 voting for the person that votes for the president as as far as i understand it anyway whatever that's down there so yeah <laughs> but so so that so that is an issue and that is why um some people believe that we should uh, change our electoral system so that we don't use a first past the post system right. anymore that we that we choose something else okay that we're gonna hold off on that for a second okay. that when we were chatting the other time that kind of blew my mind <laughs> um but we'll come back to that so hold that little nugget um so that's that's the gist of how the election works right? that's right is that are we missing anything no no pretty that's pretty much it so we go in um so how does it work with like strategic voting then how does it how how do I know who to vote for if, because how I see it is you've got the person that mm-hmm. that's, that's uh, running that's for right. it to be an MLA yeah. in each party or an individual. <clears throat> and then you've, or what, what do you call it? Individual. Um, uh, independent. Independent. Yeah. And then you've got, there's a person and then you have to consider the parties mm-hmm. and then you have to consider how that's going to affect which party becomes government. Yeah. And then you also have to put into account who the parties have chosen to represent them, who would be the premier of those, like if that party got elected. Right. So there's, there's the person, the party, and then like in the local writings, Mm -hmm. and then there's also the person who would be premier and the party that would be in, in power. Right. It's it's so a lot to think about. So how do you decide? <laughs> it's like I don't. I that's that just melts me. I, my <laughs> mind just goes, oh fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I honestly I think it's a personal decision. I don't think it's the kind of thing that you can just sort of say, well, everybody ought to do this. I think it sort of depends on you know what is important to you, and it might you know again sort of depend on like who the, the candidates are and and how you feel about the parties. I mean, if you are you know, staunchly uh, supporting one party and you and you believe that that's the only party that should be in government, well, you're probably just going to vote for whoever the candidate for that party is, regardless of, like, who they are. But so, if you, okay. but if you um, aren't that sort of invested in one particular political party, then you might be more open to sort of, you know, saying, well, you know, 
how do I feel about these candidates as as individuals? Who do I think would represent my interests? You know, right? And and is it true? Like I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not. That I've heard that like parties don't necessarily have uh, strong lines anymore. Like like it, before, it used to be like, and I don't know what the right and the left thing is, but it was like that party. Like liberals were like this and conservatives were like that. But it seems like they're kind of all sort of melding a lot of different things together. So they're not quite as different as they used to be. So then it might be more of the person. Is any of that right? Uh, it, it could be. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't, I don't think I'm the, the right person to, to okay. ask that question about. Okay. Um, but, I, you know, I, I would say I think... Um, uh, yeah, no, I don't, okay. I don't know. Okay, we won't go into that. We won't go into, anything. We won't go into that. So how does st- strategic voting work then if you're trying to decide um, between the parties? Or like, I guess, strate- strategic voting has something to do with not necessarily voting for who you want in, but voting for who you, you what you don't want to happen or something like that, right? Or- right. So imagine a, a scenario where, you know, there's... Uh, three candidates in in the race for um the your constituency so so where you're voting okay um and candidate a you think is a this horrible person um and you you definitely don't want them getting in uh candidate b is okay um you're not super excited about them but candidate c you think is amazing and you think they would do a really good job but but here's the problem. Can, candidate A has got, you know, close to, a, you know, in the polls, you know, the, the, the media and, and polling uh, organizations do these, you know, asking people who, who are you going to vote for. And so so they're trying to predict who's going to win. So in right. the polls, they're saying, well, candidate A is is in a very close race with candidate B and candidate C is sort of way back in third place. So you really okay. want to vote for candidate C, but you kind of know that if you do, that you might actually be helping candidate A get elected. So so in that scenario, your best bet might be to vote for, you know, hold your nose and vote for candidate B, even though you're not that fond of them, you sort of figure, mm. well, it's better that I do that than than I waste my vote on on candidate C who's probably not going to be elected and potentially help candidate A get in. Okay. Is that No, sort of- that that makes sense, but yeah. it brings up other questions for me though. Because that's following um just the the popular media with what they're saying is going to happen, right? Yeah. So then we have to put that into consideration and there has definitely been some recent uh events where the uh the <laughs> predictions by the by the pollsters have not squared with what happened in what reality happened. so yeah yeah so so yeah it is an interesting one but that also that sort of whole conundrum kind of leads into one of the motivations for considering a, another um voting system other than first past the post because right some of these other voting systems don't have that same issue where you don't, you know, you, you can vote your conscience without having to worry about that, you know, the possibility that your vote will help the bad guy get in. Right. Okay. So before we get into that, what I'm, so when an election's coming, like we have until May 
So it's not very long to really like you, you basically have to do a lot of research. Well, like, it, I guess it depends on like how, you know, like if you want to make an educated, a real educated. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you, you put as much into it as you, as you, um, sort of think is, think it's worth, you know, I think for, for most people, they sort of, you know, read the news stories and, and maybe, you know, attend a debate and, right. uh, um, and then just kind of make their decision. Like what I used to do and just call a buddy up and <laughs> tell, ask him to tell me what to do. Yeah. Uh, Which I, this year I really want to actually like m- figure this out and make a, my own decision. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, you put in whatever you want, but mm-hmm. if, if you're like looking at all of these separate things to look at, like the person, the party, and then the, for, for the MLAs and then the party to be elected to run the government and their potential premier. It's a lot of different layers to, to. <laughs> yep. It's, it's true. Oh man. <laughs> it's so overwhelming. Okay. Um, one question. Well, no, go ahead with the referendum thing with the, 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 the type of voting that. Yeah. So I was, um, you know, we, we sort of mentioned, well, there's these other types of voting. And so you might ask, well, you know, why, why don't we, uh, change it? Why? Which is what I asked. And <laughs> the, the answer is, well, we actually did have an opportunity, uh, back in, uh, 2004, the, uh, the, the government what? at the time had, uh, as part of you know, one of their election promises, they were going to, um, convene a citizens assembly to analyze the current voting system and some potential other candidates for a, for a different voting system to choose and have a, a referendum where the people of BC could, could cast a vote on the election and the electoral system to say, you know, we want to keep the one we've got, or we want to, to change it. And that was called the the Citizens Assembly on Electoral Reform. Yeah, and okay. So when you mentioned that to me the the last time, I was like, I blew my mind because <laughs> I didn't know this happened. Yeah, it, <laughs> it did. I think, but I think a lot of other people also aren't aware that that was that was a thing that was an option that that was discussed, and uh, it's you know, well, it's uh, happened. Uh, 12, 13 years ago now, something yeah. like that. Anyway. Um, so, so it came and went and we voted on it, right? Or, uh, did- yeah, there were actually, um, they had, I believe two different referendums. So, so the first, um, referendum, it was, uh, I don't have my notes here, but uh, oh. when, when the exact <laughs> date of it That's was, okay. but it was sort of, I think narrowly, defeated and then there was some you know question about you know how how it was how the question was posed to electors and and things like that so so then they actually had a second referendum on on so it. so they were questioning how the the way just the actual question was presented yeah to us yeah if i if i remember correctly that was sort of the you know people argued well that the question on the ballot wasn't clear and so then they had another referendum and then that time it was soundly defeated so so it hmm. so it didn't happen 
So, so but, I must have voted. Like, I would have had to have said, like, I voted on that. Yeah. But I don't. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and and what I'm thinking is that a lot of people felt that way, or or didn't know what it was, and yeah. <clears throat> in some ways, even if the change would be better, if we don't understand it, it sounds scary. Yeah. So we just say no. Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, one of the, uh, so, so I should, I should mention that the system that, so this citizens assembly, it was, um, uh, there was 161, um, uh, ordinary folks from all over the province that had, you know, submitted an interest in participating in this. And they, um, it was, uh, well, there was more than that, that submitted an interest, but they chose 161 members. It was one man and one, one woman from each of the, uh, what were at the time 79 electoral districts around the okay. province. They also had two Aboriginal members and, and a chair. Um, and that, so that group in, in 2004 um, deliberated, they, they looked at sort of these other um, electoral systems that are, um, have been proposed and are in use in other parts of the world. And so that the, um, their, their final report uh, recommended that we change our voting system in BC to uh, a single transferable vote system. Okay, and, okay, hold on. Or do you need to keep that yeah, thought going? No, uh, no? that's okay. Fine. So, so there's this. What was it called again? This the single transferable vote. No, no, the citizen. Oh, whatever. the citizens' assembly. Citizens' assembly. So that yeah. was just a group that was going is going to go around and tell people about. Well, no, they this. they 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 were meeting to to discuss. Different Which, ways. Yeah. You know, okay. What, what are the pros and cons of our current electoral system? What are the pros and cons of these other electoral systems? Okay. And uh, so so they, they had presentations from, you know, people all over the world. They sort of looked at all these things and then decided in the end what BC should do is we should change from first past the post to a single transferable vote. Okay, so what does that so, look like? So the 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 way now this is a part that I'm a little bit fuzzy on. I, okay. I'm, I might sort of get some details wrong here, but the the way that it works basically, as I understand it, is that you um, sort of you can vote um, cast a, a vote f- basically for for more than one candidate, and so those votes are, are tallied in in such a way that in in each area of the province. Um, the the num like the number of ridings would be reduced, so so there'd be fewer okay. larger ridings, but each riding would be represented by more than one representative, with the idea that you could have um, you know, in each riding there there you know would be one representative from each of the major parties, so you could have you know uh, you, your choice of of who to go to if you had a problem or you know you had a know views that you wanted to to make known um so and then elected that's right okay yeah and then that that system would also uh ensure that the um the representation of you know pe- the popular vote would would be reflected in the the makeup of the the mlas in that were elected because it wouldn't just be you know the ones from the major parties there would be more opportunities for um MLAs from the smaller parties to, to be elected as well. So there would be two people elected for each area, but there would be less areas. 
Wait, or yeah, yeah. I should I should say I don't recall if it was exactly two or if it might have been more than one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they would be MLAs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they would be equal ish. Right. Okay. So, so let's say oh, I'm all confused now. <laughs> but basically, it's, there there's always there's a second person there that's not from the governing party or could be or what. Well, it's just, it. it's not that there are, I mean, you would still have, like, whichever um, party elects the most MLAs, they would still form government. But you would just, there would be a better chance that the MLAs that were elected would better represent the the, the actual breakdown of the votes province-wide. Okay, I think I get it. Whereas, you know, in the, one of the, the drawbacks to the first-past-the-post system is that it tends towards a two-party system because these other smaller political parties that uh, end up electing, um, you know, they, they might get one or two MLAs after an election, but then um, be, because of the, uh, the, the, you know, that scenario that we talked about where, you know, you really want to vote for candidate C, but you know that, uh, you know, candidates a and b have a better chance of getting elected right so that tends to make people not vote for candidate c which tends to make it uh enforce a, that two-party system those those other third-party candidates are less likely to 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 get elected so, right and, so and even though it, it so it looks like everyone's for those two parties but even though we know that people are voting this way it's a lot it could be strategic yeah, yeah, right. But it's still like, oh, we're the number one parties. We're the two top. But it's not a real clear picture of it. Right. So with these others, it would give, there would be more MLAs, right? With this other type of voting. It would, not not more in, in number necessarily. Oh. But it would be that the distribution would, would be closer to the the popular vote so so you know province-wide if if party c got 10 percent of the votes um under the first past the post system that likely means that they elected zero mlas whereas in um the single transferable vote system it would be closer to you know 10 percent of the mlas okay so it's more reflective of the 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 province-wide vote okay so, well, if that comes up again, we'll look at it closer. But <laughs> currently, we're still using the first past the post. Right. The, and is this committee or whatever, are they still around? No. No. It, after, it was dis- after they made their report, that was sort of the, the, the committee was disbanded. They had fulfilled their obligations and that was that was all that was, you know, sort of planned of them. Okay. Well, I saw <clears throat> I saw a friend posted on a social media site uh-huh. <laughs> and it was something about how they said that this would be the last first past the post one or what you, do you know what i'm talking about you're probably um talking about the the federal that is fe- okay because that was one of the campaign promises that the that the federal liberals made before the election was that if they got elected that they would um look at changing the the electoral system federally Okay, so how is it that we could change how we vote or how the votes are counted or whatever in our province, but that wouldn't affect other provinces or the federal or like how is how are the the types of elections and voting 
how how are they so separate? Well, it's it's just the way it is. It's um, I mean, the, the provinces sort of have the you know domain over their the way that they run things. I mean, if there are federal laws, I think you know regarding certain aspects of how the provinces you know must conduct their affairs. But mm-hmm. you know, as, aside from that, it it is kind of up to the provinces to to do their own thing. So so we have like for um, the election in. British Columbia, that the election is conducted by Elections BC, which is a, you know, independent body that is um, politically neutral and they, um, you know, take, organize the election basically. Okay. So how, how does it affect the other governments? See, when I used to think of voting, it was like, oh, we're having an election. And so everything's going to change. Yeah. But no, what I'm realizing now is if it was a, Provincial election, provincial stuff changes. Civic, you know, yep. that stuff changes. Federal, that stuff changes. So they're not, like, I thought they were, like, one. Nope. But it's it's so much more complicated. But I guess that's a, actually a good thing because then not one party or whatever is, like, in control. Yeah, is, I guess, I mean, the way to think about it is that the the, the things that the, that the provinces... Um, you know, that the provincial government takes care of are, are the things that are sort of specific to the province. I mean, if you look at the federal government, the, oh, okay. the things, the, the um, hmm. you know, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're in charge of the military because it doesn't make sense for each province to have its own military. We, right. we, we just need one for Canada. Right. Um, but, but if you look at something like um, agriculture, well, that's going to be a lot different in British Columbia than it's than it's going to be in Alberta or Saskatchewan or, or Ontario. Right. So, so it makes more sense for agriculture to be uh, a provincial thing. Now, of course, there are certain you know parts like fisheries. Well, the federal government is in charge of fisheries because that's you know the oceans, which are sort of you know shared by the whole country basically, right. <clears throat> and you know, and there, of course there are you know, I think disagreements between the federal government and the provincial governments about certain things like natural resources that, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully are resolved amicably and in the best interest of everyone, at least in so far as that's possible. Um, but that's where but, it's probably good to have different viewpoints and different kind of. Yeah. What? Just to sort of have that, that <clears throat> separation, I guess, between, yeah. you know, the, the responsibilities of the federal government and the provincial government and, and the municipal governments. Right. So that makes a lot of sense, actually. Okay, that helps. Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how does uh, bringing a party into power in a provincial or municipal way affect the federal? Like, like does is there any overlap with how it's going to affect the, the other elections? Well, not, not, no. I mean, not really in, as far as the election goes. I mean, obviously, you know, the relationship between the gov- the provincial and the federal governments might sort of depend on how um, closely their political ideas align. Right. You know, if you've got a really conservative federal government and a, and a really liberal provincial government, well, they might sort of, you know, disagree more on things. They might, they might get less done. Perhaps. So what did we do before you said that there was uh it was 2004? No. 
Um, t- talking about the fixed election dates? Yeah, the yeah. fixed election dates. So, so that was it. provincial. It's been since 2001 that we had 2001. fixed okay. election dates. And um, prior to that, the election, as far as I understand, was sort of called at, at the whim of the government. They would perhaps call an election when the polls showed that they were, you know, doing really well in the, in the public um, as as far as their popularity. Um, and, if, and if they if they weren't doing very well, well, they might try and, you know, push push the election off for a while. And so they could, you know, have a chance to try and uh, reclaim favor with the with the electing public. Um, Seems a little strange to be able to call your own. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a little bit weird. So, I mean, yeah, the, the fixed election dates have, have been in, in force since, uh, like I say, since 2001. And uh, now I believe it, it could still be possible for an election to be called um, outside of those dates, specifically if uh, there are, there are certain things that can happen um, when, when the government is debating the budget, for example, Mm -hmm. we we talked a bit last time about that sort of one of the, the the main things that, uh, that happens when, when the government is, um, you know, when, when the house meets, they, they, uh, um, the government, presents a budget and then after it's been gone through then then the house votes on it and you know normally like if you've got a a majority government that will pass no problem because all the you know government mlas will will be there to vote for it and they've got the numbers but in this in a situation where um if the budget was defeated then that is i believe what is known as a a non-confidence motion Meaning that the uh, the the house um, the lieutenant governor has has uh, lost the confidence of the of the house, and so an election would would be called in that situation. Hmm. And okay. again, that's that's not something I don't even know if that's ever you know happened or when the last right. time that would have happened in in BC. But but it is you know that's that's one of the sort of things that can happen. So so do you know? And it's fine if if you're not sure, but who like, why did they decide? Well, I know why they decided to change it to a fixed date, but but how did they? Was it was the party in power or? Like yeah, who? well, I, I mean, I don't actually even know, like, um, you know, which which party was in power at that particular time. Yeah. Um, but I think it was, you know, I mean, that's obviously one of those things that's a good idea to do. Yeah. So I'm guessing it was supported by the government as well just, as the opposition. It just seems kind of funny for, because it would have to come from the government that's there. Right. But not many governments, when they're in power, would be like, hey, let's change it so that you, right, (laughs) to make it harder for us to stay. Yeah. And that's sort of the same thing about them. Yeah. I mean, the Citizens Assembly on Electoral Reform, you're basically, you know, the the government is saying, hey, this, this system, which, put us into power we're gonna right we're, we're, we're gonna think about getting rid of it which which yeah it's is kind of weird but i guess you know when you think about i mean but that's they're putting a country first though in, right. in a way and that's yeah what we as, hope that's as as amazing. easy as it is to to be cynical about you know politics and, mm-hmm. and things like that i do believe you know that the the folks who you know stand for election and and form these parties they 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 do want to do the right thing 
Well, yeah, um, and these are good examples of that. Yeah, and so I mean, obviously, um, y- you know, there are policies and things that, that people will disagree with. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're we're you know they're they're all trying to everybody wants to do the right thing. I think they just have different ideas about what the right thing is. A well, lot yeah, of the definitely, times. and that's but that's yeah. why people like different different <laughs> parties, right? right? So, but it's it's really neat to to know that they're putting those things in place. Um, like the voting, the citizens assembly, because mm-hmm. they could, they can't just, uh, like if they know that it should be changed, they still have to go through the right. They still have to let us decide. Right. So it's, it's neat. It's just neat to see that it did that. I just wish it was <laughs> now. Like I wish I was, well, I was yeah. aware then, I guess. Yeah. And it, um, you know, maybe, maybe it was sort of one of those things that it was just kind of ahead of its time right and you know there's a, a lot of folks who you know i think had sort of looked at it that closely and sort of said well yeah you know that if we changed our electoral system it it would be different but would it necessarily be better mm-hmm. you know and that may be an open question i think uh, um it's it's hard to sort of say because there are you know relatively few areas that have done these sort of um different electoral systems so you know, to actually get a good idea of, you know, whether that actually, you know, has, has a better outcome than our current right. system or not, it's, it might be up for debate. Right. And I think a big part of it is, uh, the first thing is to get us all voting, like, educatedly. Sure. You know, and then once that's going, because even if we had a different system, if half of us are just throwing votes out just because whatever, I guess I'll do this. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Or if some people just aren't voting, like the new system's not going to change anything either. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, so I think we've kind of covered basics of it, eh? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, I think we could wrap that up. Um, I do have one question. Okay. Answered if you want. Yes. You don't have to. So... This is not a political question. This is this is a, a techie question because you're a tech guy. Mm-hmm. I just watched uh, the latest Snowden movie. Okay. The one with um, jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. Have you seen it? I haven't you know seen it. it? No. Okay. I, well, you know about it, obviously. Yeah. Um, scary. <laughs> Pretty scary. Okay. It made it made me go. Okay, I should get rid of my phone. I should <laughs> I should uh, get rid of my internet and just go to the cafe. Get a get a computer. What do they call those computers that aren't connected at all? There's a name for them. I can't remember. Anyway, um, so my question is: as as a person who's in tech, who, yep. who knows this stuff, um, are you worried about the future and security and privacy? That's that's a good question. I, I don't know if I would say I'm I'm worried. I guess I would say I'm aware that there will be challenges, uh, and that you know there are, there are definitely um, things that you know for people to be aware of. Certainly, you know um, you know things they can do to sort of protect their privacy and you know avoid scams and 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 things like that. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if I would I would say I'm worried. I I, I would say I'm optimistic. I mean, uh, you know, technology definitely pr- um, 
creates challenges, but it also creates big opportunities yeah, to, definitely. to, um, you know, interact with people all over the world and, yeah. um, and share ideas. And, uh, and I, I think in, in the long run, it's, it's making the world a better place. So just, just check what you okay when you get an app. That's see right. If you see if you're okay with all that stuff. Keep keep all your you know keep your software up to date. In- install all your updates and you know caref- be careful what you click on. And I think we'll all be fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you, Ryan. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode on voting with Ryan Steele. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something new and useful once again, just like I did. I'm working on a few upcoming episodes that will help educate and prepare us for the BC election in May. Hopefully, they'll give us some of the tools that we need to make better informed decisions this coming election. Our next episode will be with Victoria City Councilor Jeremy Loveday, where we talk about municipal government, getting involved, and making a difference. He's also a spoken word poet, and you can check his great work out online on YouTube and elsewhere. You can stop by our blog at www.governthis.ca for show notes and ways you can support us. You can leave a comment there or a question, uh, anything that you might want addressed by one of my guests sometime. I'd love to bring things up to them. Also, if you have any topic ideas for future episodes, send them on over. We're also on Facebook, so share this with all your friends there. Facebook.com forward slash govern this. And the email we have is we, we, at governthis.ca. I'll soon be getting a Twitter, and I will share that with you guys as well, so we can get a buzz going there. So if you like what you heard, and you think it's important, please share it with as many people as you think might be interested in learning about what's going on here in our government in Canada. Hopefully, we can all become a little more aware and involved So until next time, stay curious.